podcast. This episode is brought to you by IDS Imaging Development Systems. Artificial intelligence is here, and food and beverage processors, as well as the manufacturing industry at large, would be best served to take notice and get moving, or they could miss out on the benefits that AI and machine learning can bring. Philip Frieden, an applications engineer at IDS Imaging Development Systems, joins us for this episode and gives his perspective on what the short-term and long-term outlook is for these innovative technologies and what applications might benefit most from the solutions they can provide. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Philip, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate you taking the time to offer up your insights. It's a really exciting time in in AI and vision technology and things like that. Let's start from a, a, a kind of a higher up overview perspective. What advancements are you seeing in machine vision technology that our listeners should expect to see in the coming years? What's like literally on the horizon when it comes to machine vision technology that they should be aware of? I think one of the biggest trends that we're gonna be seeing in the machine vision world in the coming years is uh, a shift from basically uh, using rules-based image processing to using deep learning to solve these imaging tasks. Uh, and I think that that's going to lead to a growing adoption of deep learning by different organizations. So historically, image processing has been solved by developing rules-based algorithms. And then deep learning and machine learning work much harder to implement solutions uh, that were reserved for really challenging qualitative issues and, and tasks. So there's a lot of helpful tools available that make it much easier to implement a deep learning solution. And I wouldn't say that deep learning is a complete replacement for rules-based image processing. There's still a whole bunch of image processing tasks that are better solved with um, developing a set of rules for solving. Um, and these are mostly solving like quantitative problems. So metrology applications, like measuring the diameter of a circle, barcode scanning or measuring difference in brightness or color values are all really still um, better solved with rules-based algorithms. Whereas deep learning is um, much better at solving more of these qualitative problems. So that would be things like doing presence absence detection, finding the location of an object within an image, as well as quality inspection. I think the biggest distinction between rules-based and deep learning is the development process. When you're developing a rules-based algorithm, you really need specialized programming knowledge of how to use these complex image processing libraries. And you really need to be a software engineer with specialized skills to develop those algorithms. With deep learning, it's more of an image collection and image labeling task to develop that algorithm. And so that can be done by non-technical people who are domain experts, and that basically all they really need to be able to do is label the images correctly for the training data. So I think what we're going to be seeing in the coming years is that 
tools and solutions with deep learning is really opening up the door for non-technical, non-software engineer personnel to contribute to developing uh, image processing solutions. Do you see any segments of the food and beverage industry that are particular, particularly on the cusp of instituting these technology improvements, maybe more so than others, or areas of operation that are more primed to take this type of advancement on at this point? Yeah, I would say that the food and beverage industry can present some challenges for implementing image processing solutions, and that's because the the form, the shape, and appearance of the product can vary from batch to batch. Take baking or growing produce, for example, where each batch is going to have some variability and look slightly different. So that type of variation can sometimes cause unexpected behavior, particularly with rules-based algorithms. Um, when basically unforeseen variation is encountered in the production environment. Whereas deep learning is really, deep learning handles that variability very, very well, as long as the training data is representative of that variability. So there's a lot of different food and beverage applications that would be very well suited for implementing a deep learning solution. And that's because a lot of these applications require some sort of subjective analysis. And that subjective analysis, although it's difficult to define into a set of rules, um, it can easily be labeled by domain experts in the image data. So I want to highlight three basic deep learning tasks that could be used for the food and beverage industry. The first one is called classification. This is basically where you're assigning a label or a class to an entire image. And then when you deploy that classification neural network into your production environment, um, it's going to basically output a result, which is a class uh, based on the image data and based on what it learned from your training data. So classification can be used for things like quality inspection, presence absence detection, and sorting. Another deep learning task, which is really useful when there's multiple objects or the position of the objects vary in the image, and that's called object detection. And with this deep learning task, you're basically assigning a box and a class to every instance of that object within your training data. And then when you deploy that object detection network, it's going to output the result, which is the location and types of objects that are in the image based on what it learned from the training data. So object detection can be really useful for things like counting the number of objects in an image or finding the location of an object within the image. And then finally, there's anomaly detection. So with anomaly detection, you're training the neural network by only providing it with good data and then it's going to basically detect any deviations from that good data so um, it's very sensitive to changes in the data so it's important to include all the different types of variability within your training data that's normal and then it's going to basically detect any deviation that's unexpected in that training data anomaly detection is useful when you have a particular process that generates very few defects which makes it challenging to gather enough example data to train a defect class. 
So anomaly detection networks can detect things like critical failure. It will also detect a gradual deterioration of your process over time, and it can also detect unexpected changes in the process. For example, maybe just something as simple as the LED lighting burning out. And in a lot of these food processing applications, you may want to employ multiple different neural networks to get different types of results that you need from your image data. Do you have any specific examples within food and beverage of challenges that this type of technology solved within, you know, within a specific food processing plant? And I know I'm sure you can't name brands and companies and things like that, but, you know, like a candy plant or a meat and poultry plant or something along those lines. Do you have any uh, examples you could share with our listeners? Yeah, so um, IDS is a German company, so we have some customers in the in Germany um, who have developed some solutions. If you've been to Germany, you know that they're famous for their bread. And so one of these applications is a bakery application, which is a computer vision application to assess the quality of bread rolls. So characteristics of the bread rolls that are being used to assess the quality are things like beauty, aesthetics, whether it's appetizing. And so those are those characteristics are um, something that deep learning can learn from the image data. So um, in this application, we're basically taking a bunch of different examples of different quality levels of bread rolls from this particular bakery and scoring them with a, a, a classification score of one through four. Um, when you deploy that into the production environment, samples from each batch are then um, uh, put under a camera, cap capture an image, and then that neural network is assigning a score to that batch. And that quality score can be used for documentation. It can be used to decide whether to reject those bread rolls. And it can also trigger the production staff to maybe tweak the recipe or tweak the formula to improve the quality of the bread rolls. Now let's look at that application, but let's say that um, there aren't enough uh, images of different quality of bread rolls to uh, train different quality classes. In this case, you could train an anomaly detection network um, just on the good, perfect bread rolls. And then that network is going to detect any deviation from the perfect roll. It's also going to detect things like foreign objects, holes, blemishes, or missing parts. Um, basically, anything unexpected that wasn't seen in your training data will be detected as an anomaly. And even a gradual deterioration of the bread rolls would steadily increase the probability of a deviation until a time for maintenance could be suggested. And another example is um, just simply counting the number of chocolates that go into a box of chocolates. So this is like an artisanal chocolate factory. They trained a network to detect the location of individually wrapped chocolates. So uh, by using that that object detection network, uh, we're able to provide a count of the total number of chocolates, and then that total number of chocolates can be used for documentation and also to reject the box if there are too many or maybe not enough. The reason we chose object detection for this application is because the location of the chocolates varies slightly within the box, 
And so in that case, you're unable to set up static regions of interest and, and do a simple presence absence detection. So the, those are just a few examples of how AI can be used in the food and beverage industry, um, but there's many, many more possibilities of how to employ AI. What are some of the challenges that listeners might face you know, they're after they listen to this podcast and they get all excited and run off to start leveraging AI and machine vision. Um, what are some of the challenges they might come up against when trying to to get this rolling and get it moving along in in their plants? Yeah. So the first thing that um, an organization is going to want to do if they want to start employing AI and computer vision is to collect image data from their processes. So collecting image data from different stages of the process um, is really important because training a deep learning or AI algorithm is mainly a, an image collection and image labeling problem. There's also a bit of overhead with engineering to develop a machine vision solution. You need a camera, you need to get images from the camera and do the processing. At IDS, we have an innovative product called the IDS NXT, which is a camera that's capable of doing the image processing on board the camera using a neural network. So because the camera is doing the image processing on the camera, as opposed to sending those images to a centralized host machine for processing, it's considered an industrial IoT uh, or edge device. And there's some advantages to doing that image processing on the edge, right on the same device that's capturing the images. One advantage is you have decreased bandwidth requirements. Instead of transmitting an entire image to a centralized PC for processing, um, you're just transmitting the result of your image processing, which, which could be something as simple as OK or not OK. Um, there's also an advantage with scalability. As you add more cameras to your production process, you also need to add more processing power for processing those images. When the camera already includes the hardware required for doing the image processing, it makes it very easy to scale up your solution and add more cameras. Overall, with the NXT, it's going to require a lot less time and effort to develop a machine vision solution because the camera is already set up to capture images and do the image processing and output the result. And that result can be available via REST API or OPC UA for direct integration with the rest of your process. So all you really need to do is customize the camera for your particular application by collecting images and training a neural network. So combining this camera hardware with our um, cloud platform called IDS Lighthouse for labeling training data and training a neural network, it basically allows you to quickly deploy an application into a real world environment for feasibility testing, do rapid prototyping, um, and determine if you're taking the right approach with solving this particular problem. All right, cool. So, you know, when we when we started in the beginning of this podcast, we talked a little bit about, you know, what's right right on the cusp here in the coming years for for machine vision technology. But let's kind of talk a little bit about the outlook a bit longer term for the use of AI in food inspection and food and beverage automation. What what do you see further down the road for AI and machine vision and all of those amazing uh, future technologies that maybe aren't so future after all. 
Yeah, I definitely think AI and deep learning are here to stay. And um, I see it instead of being more of a complicated solution to implement, more of like one of the tools in the toolbox for solving a lot of these different types of problems. So yeah, deep learning is mainly a data collection and data labeling problem. And so um, those are tasks that non-technical domain experts can uh, certainly accomplish. And there's a lot of different tools available, such as the NXT, but lots of other tools available in the marketplace that just make it much, much easier to implement a deep learning solution. Um, and that really opens up the door for uh, non-technical teams, domain experts to contribute to developing and maintaining image processing solutions. Labor shortages, wage inflation, these are all key drivers of why organizations need to automate as much of their processes as possible. Let's just look at quality inspection, for example. Quality inspection a lot of times is a manual process that could certainly be automated by a, com a computer vision solution. And I think automation is sometimes mischaracterized as stealing jobs. Um, it's true it may eliminate some jobs, but hopefully hopefully these are the jobs that are dull, dirty, and dangerous, and just simply the less popular jobs. Um, I see uh, automation as also creating opportunities for new jobs um, and perhaps jobs that are more fulfilling and more creative. Um, like looking at the quality inspection and the quality inspectors. These quality inspectors are domain experts, and so they are capable of properly labeling the training data for developing a computer vision solution and also maintaining a computer vision inspection solution within the, the manufacturing setting. So kind of as a, a long-term outlook, I see deep learning and computer vision to become much more accessible to organizations that previously lacked the technical expertise to implement that type of solution. When it comes to technology like this, how where do you see the industry sitting in terms of having the properly skilled folks on board or in training now to install and maintain and properly analyze the data that comes out of these types of, of systems? What's your take on that? Yeah, so my take is that, you know, basically, um, we're not asking quality inspectors to define a new neural network architecture. We're really just asking them to label the training data. And that's actually one of the most time consuming components of developing one of these deep learning solutions. So it's always a good idea to have, um, you know, to use the best practices in terms of engineering design, data management, um, you know, making sure that you're um, overseeing the data to prevent any sort of bias and things like that. And so those those are some high level tasks that, you know, certainly require, um, you know, maybe a background in deep learning or some some special expertise. But that's only something that you can set up systems for that. A lot of it only needs to be done once. And then in order to actually develop the solution or expand the solution to different products or um, maintain it over time, that's really a data labeling problem, which is still very time consuming. And that's something that um, is well within the capabilities of the quality inspectors and other types of domain experts.
for everyone listening in today to our Food for Thought podcast. Thanks for tuning into this episode. You can find more of our podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere you can find podcasts. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future and have a great day.